It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And we are fresh off the week in Mobile for the Senior Bowl mentioned last week. It's where the draft season really begins. And last week, Colin, I don't know about you, but I could feel it in my bones. It's draft time. How many weeks in a row can we say draft season is beginning? <laughs> I'm calling back to the official start. Like we're we're inside of it now. You yes. know, like we're within it. Yes. Hashtag the draft starts in Mobile. <laughs> it officially it sure does. <laughs> so uh, we're here. We're at the start, and we actually collaborated off air to create a list for you guys. Rather than coming on here and flipping a coin and being antagonistic towards each other and trying to steal each other's players. It's all kumbaya here today. Yeah, we're going to come together. It was a great week of watching the Senior Bowl practices and catching up on you know the insider info from those on the field watching the practices. Unfortunately, we were not there this year, but next year, look out. But... So what we're going to do is is run through the 10 players that we uh, identified as making either the biggest leaps in terms of their draft stock or having just a really, really good week that answered some questions maybe that we had and solidified things. So these will be 10 players that had a, a great week in Mobile that, that raised their stock and... Um, this is not an all-inclusive list, of course. Like there were more than ten players that looked good on the practice field. So, if you know there's a player here that we're missing, it it's okay because uh, we're just talking about the highlights from the week. But I'm sure we'll get in a few shout-outs with some other names. I know I have a couple that uh, I thought had pretty good weeks that didn't quite make our cut. Yeah, and. We'll we'll go through a variety of positions. We'll do some IDP, some running backs, some receivers. Uh, but first, and the tight end. Uh, but first, let's talk quarterbacks because I feel like uh, there's you know we've mentioned before there's two and a half quarterbacks at the top of this class. You know. You got Caleb, you got Drake. That you got to be careful just, with that now because I know people, now it's people become are getting like a real, pretty fired up about Jaden Daniels. I got to tell you, it's insane. But uh, in my opinion, you know, you have the the Caleb Drake tier, you have the Jaden Daniels tier, and then it's kind of everybody else. And everybody else happened to be at the Senior Bowl, basically. Uh, and I mean, Penix, no surprise. I think looked the best, uh, but he also he didn't play in the game. But in all the practices, he looked you know like Michael Penix, and everybody else looked like themselves. Like there wasn't really anybody that was surprising outside of maybe Spencer Rattler. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think you know that this position group as a whole was set up for. Uh, you know, an interesting week just because, like you said, I mean, we weren't really sure what to expect. And for me personally, I think uh, a player like Michael Penix is one that uh, I expected to look like leaps and bounds over the com- over the competition this week. And I mean, quite honestly, I don't think that's what we really saw. I think Penix's arm stood out, like his arm strength in particular stood out from this group, and that was corroborated by those on the field that sort of said, like, yeah, it. he throws a different ball than the rest of these guys here. But I think in terms of, you know, really looking like he was on a different level, I don't know if he got there. I think there was some shakiness in terms of ball placement through the week and obviously that's going to happen in an unfamiliar setting with new players and things like that but I just would have liked to see Penix kind of grab hold of this situation a little bit more firmly than he did and on the other side of it is a guy like Rattler who I think you know I've been pretty low on you know for two years this is a name that we've been talking about here and I think he showed some of the best 
parts of himself uh, during the week in Mobile. And I think that was enough to get people talking again because this is not a, you know, it's not a hidden name. This was a name that was front and center in college football just a, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. And, you know, kind of was expected to be one of the next best quarterbacks, had the arm talent, had all of that, never lived up to it. And now you have folks saying, you know, this this last year in South Carolina was a year where he wasn't protected well. It was a lot of, you know, running for his life a little bit. This is coming straight from South Carolina fans that I've seen speaking on it and you know, maybe there's more to the player than what we thought there was based on this week. I'm not here to say that, you know, the mobile performance vaults Spencer Rattler up into the top five quarterback discussion here, but I think it was a, a decent reminder, at least, that this is a player that has natural ability, natural talent, and a good arm. And, you know, maybe the NFL will see what they can do with him. Yeah, that that's really the you know, big and the small of it is Rattler is what he is. It's what he's shown us his whole college career. And he won senior bowl MVP. Awesome. That's great. Uh, doesn't really mean a whole lot outside of like, he played well and he has the ability to play well. Like you said, he has good arm talent. He's physically a good player but he makes some bonehead decisions and it happens really often so i mean it would take a lot to turn him into an nfl ready player much less a like real player so uh i just wanted to point out you know had a good week maybe raise stock a little bit you know all the gms are there watching them they're like oh Hey, this guy's got some arm talent. We could, you know, we could fix him. <laughs> uh, and then Penix. Uh, obviously, you would have liked to see like him elevate above everybody else since he's kind of the next man up. And that's how he was viewed after that Texas game in the playoffs. It was like, oh, man, Penix is kind of making a statement here. And then that kind of falls off that narrative after the Michigan game, and then we're back to where we were in like mid season. It's like, Oh yeah. Penix, you know, older prospect with some injury concern kind of shells up when he gets too much pressure, live arm can throw it all over the yard, whatever. So, uh, both, I mean, and then the rest of the quarterbacks were the rest of the quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, I, well, not... I do. I do feel as though we should acknowledge Bo Nix here because whether well, that... we want to or not, the fact of the matter is, based on what I watched, part of me, you know, being disappointed in Penix's lack of distancing himself from the pack had a lot to do with the facts the fact that I think Penix and Knicks were sort of on the same level for a lot of the week in terms of what I was seeing in practice and with the throws that they were making. So that is weird. For me, when, you know, the tape says one thing with these two players in terms of ability, NFL projection and all of those things. And I mean, obviously, I think anybody who's listened to Camp Dynasty this season knows that, you know, we're a lot higher on Penix than Knicks. And that's not exactly a consensus opinion right now amongst, you know, the the draft Knicks of the world. But so. It was a little bit interesting to see that those two players were a little bit closer in this sort of a neutral environment than I would have expected. So, you know, I'm going to, as is the case with every single player that we talk about today, this is only one moment in time. It's only one stop in the journey. It doesn't erase, you know, a career's worth of film. It doesn't, and at the same time, it also shouldn't be completely ignored for, you know, being this brief moment, like this is a great opportunity to, you know, stand out in a, in especially in a crowded class. And I think with the quarterback position here, it was just a matter of like, man, you take all of the, all of the background out of it, drop them into the same, you know, landscape. And I don't know, Penix and Knicks, man, maybe it's closer than I think it is. Yeah. I mean, Knicks was very accurate all 
weekend. And he also, I mean, had really nice touch on some of these, you know, sideline throws. So I, I'm not going to discount Knicks at all. Uh, I mean, I have my feelings about Knicks, and they're well known. But he did, I mean, he looked good in this setting. So I, I can't, you know, push that off as nothing. Because, like you said, there's a lot of things I didn't like about the Oregon offense. I heavily attribute it to Bo Nix's ability, but maybe that's not the case. You know, maybe it's the offense is what it was, and Bo Nix kind of played within that offense, and he has more ability than that, but we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we're going 10-1 to 1 players ordered in the you know magnitude of which we think they affected their stock and we're going to start with the running back position which was one that if you listen to our preview episode there was a bit of a tone every time we had to talk about running backs because we know that this class has a little bit of a weaker pool of talent to pick from and then you pull from the senior bowl rosters and these are not the top backs in the class, at least in our opinions. So um, the number 10 player on our list here, though, is Marshawn Lloyd. And this was a player that, you know, we singled out last week. And I said I thought was clearly the best running back in terms of, you know, the senior bowl rosters. Like I thought he would stand out as a player that just had a, more talent than a lot of the guys around him. And I won't say that he looked like that. I won't say that he looked like he was clearly the best running back there. I think there were other players, one we're going to talk about later, but even guys we won't hit on that we might talk about uh, you know, at the end of the episode. But I think he was he looked his part. I think he looked like the player that you see on film. He wasn't, you know, taking over in the practices. He wasn't, you know, being a player that's that kind of like a Ty J Spears from last year where you come away saying, Oh my God, like he just locked it up. But I think he had a good week and he showed off his, his balance of power as much as you can show your power in this environment, at least, but, and his agility, which I think was the real standout. There's a few clips of Lloyd kind of doing things that you see from him on tape this year at USC where He's a bigger player, you know, shorter but stockier build, but very quick, very agile player, and and that showed up this week. So I think he did what he needed to do to sort of cement himself in the mid-tier of this running back group. Yeah, I agree. I I think that he wasn't spectacular in any sense of the word, but, like, he showed off his best attributes – at the senior bowl and he like his jump cuts and like you said his agility and i mean you can't really be physical but you know he's he's willing to put his shoulder down he had a couple good pass catching reps i mean the pass catching reps is this the hardest thing that a linebacker will ever have to do is like (laughs) play five yards off the line of scrimmage over the center. And then like, I, I remember the clips last year of Ty J Spears, like destroying linebackers. It's like, what do you, what do you want him to do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he had a couple good reps in that drill. And so I, I think, I don't know if he raised his stock, but he didn't like, he, he looked like Marshawn Lloyd. And that's, I think all he really needed to do. Yeah, I agree. I, I, recently heard somebody say like the senior bowl is designed for running backs and linebackers to like look bad like it's impossible to really look good at those positions in this environment and then when you get the pass catching drills (laughs) then it's just like now here's the time for the running backs because they're matched up against the linebackers so um, there was there were quite a few backs that I thought were impressive in the past catching drills, but yeah, it's it's certainly set up for their success. Uh, I do have a bone to pick with Marshawn though before we move on because Let's hear it. Uh, speaking of pass catching pass catching rep in this in the scrimmage one of the scrimmage portions, Lloyd catches a, a, a screen pass in the flat, fumbles on contact. 
And so that's something that I have, you know, I like Lloyd as a runner quite a bit. I like his, his skill as a runner, but there is this ball security question mark with him that docks him a little bit in terms of NFL evaluation because it has been a consistent problem for him in each of his three years in college football. And then you see him fumbling on the practice field as well. So that's definitely a part of this player's game right now, something he's going to have to work on uh, if he wants, you know, those consistent opportunities at the NFL level. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep the ball or an NFL coach is not going to put you on the field. I mean, we've seen countless running backs with more talent than Lloyd get benched for fumbling. So if you're going to be, you know, third, fourth round pick and have a little bit of fumbleitis, it's just going to be hard to see the field. Yeah, 100 percent. So catch the ball if you're a receiver, hold on to the ball if you're a running back. That's that's what it's all about. Amen. Well, what do you say about Puka and Tyreek having the most drops in the NFL, though? I mean, I think we, I think we need to evaluate, you know, what we think of those players. Clearly, they're very <laughs> overrated. Um, they definitely didn't win any fantasy championships this year for anybody. But whatever. When you're that good, who cares anymore? <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a target to drafts ratio. It's, it's all. It doesn't matter. I, I don't do math, so. Um, all right. Speaking of linebackers, said they're set up to fail in this environment, and that makes it even more impressive that there was a linebacker that I you know, thought had a really good week, uh, and that's Trevin Wallace from Kentucky. If this name sounds familiar, it's because all the way back in the summertime when we went over – Bruce Feldman's freak list and picked out some players that we thought could raise their stock during the year. Trevin Wallace was a player that you, Colin, talked about on the freaks list episode. Quiet year at Kentucky. Uh, didn't get any you know buzz from us during the season. Actually, kind of in a lot of ways, seemed like he regressed a little bit from his 2022 season. But... The one thing that we know about this player is that he is an ultra athlete and that is, you know, we can go back to the freaks list. I'm looking at, you know, player here who came in at the senior bowl at 244, I believe, and is GPS timed at 22 miles per hour <laughs> and can vertically jump 38 and a half inches. So I don't know what, you know, what the tape says. I haven't watched the player yet, but I thought he had a really nice week here and specifically in, in coverage, which was an area that I was interested to see how he looked in. thought he had a good week there. And so maybe some momentum for the ultra athletic Trevin Wallace. Wallace was a maniac in coverage. I kind of teed up the the Trevin Wallace conversation by saying it's it's brutal out there for linebackers, and he was covering uh, I don't remember which running back it was, but he was doing that one on one coverage drill, and the running back like sticks his foot in the ground and goes vertical on a wheel route, and Trevin's like step for step looks like a DV flips the hips, you know, running separate gets in his his pocket pushes him to the sideline. I was like, whoa. All right, is this okay? This is a 250 pound man almost. This is ridiculous. And then he also, in one of the scrimmage portions, had a nice uh, he's playing that mid zone and kind of you know match coverage. And he brushes Peyton Wilson off to a linebacker and then comes over reading uh, the quarterback's eyes and almost picks it off, but uh, gets a pass deflection. So he was kind of all over the place with his uh, his coverage. And I'm excited to, to look at what he did this year because, like you said, it was a little difficult to tell because the numbers weren't, you know, super inspiring. But maybe it's a little deeper than that with this player. Yeah, I don't – it's weird because, I mean, in 2022, he had an 82.3 coverage grade according to PFF, and this year dropped all the way down to 58.6. So, Not on PFF. There, 
<laughs> okay. It's just for reference. I'm not saying this is the ultimate truth. I'm just saying clearly he got worse in coverage unless they right. were just watching with the blindfold on. So, well, um, <laughs> but I'm wondering if there was a, a usage change or something from the two years, because something that stands out with his numbers is in 2022, he had only seven pressures. 2023, it was all the way up to 20 pressures and five sacks. So it seemed like he was maybe rushing the passer a little bit more this year. I don't know if they were asking him to do different things, but uh, it certainly affected his coverage grade. And, you know, it, it, clearly a player that has ability as a coverage linebacker. I mean, you saw it this week. So, um, yeah, he's a player that I'm, I'm interested to dive into his film and, and see what it looks like uh, from this past year. But, um, exciting player and you know how the NFL likes athletes and he's one of them. Well, yeah, athletes and then uh, athletes that can cover are, is a whole nother thing. It's, in the an, middle it's of the field. a premium right now. It's a premium right. in the NFL. So, all right, let's move on to talk about another running back. Hey, and one that we shouted out last week. And I, I kind of threw a little shade his way, honestly, but, uh, that's Imani Bailey the running back from TCU. This was a player that I think the tape this year was good, uh, especially considering the circumstances mentioned that last week, this was not a good TCU team this year. And this was one of the standout players from this offense. And you mentioned very shifty, very dynamic, fast, quick runner. Um, that showed up like all week. I think you, he, you saw him being that sort of jitterbug and that's what he needs to be at this size. He came in. Part of the problem here was that he came in listed five, nine actually measures in at five, seven. So very, very small running back. And so then the question marks come up, you know, what is his role? What does this look like? Can he get an NFL role at this size? Well, I think one thing that he showed us this week, Colin, was an ability as a pass catcher. And that is something that interests me, even with a player of this size, when you see his open field ability, ability to force tackles at a high rate, showed us a little bit of pass catching upside this week that wasn't you know, necessarily tapped into much at TCU and kind of give, gave me a little bit of a pause in terms of you know rethinking my evaluation on Bailey. Yeah, he had some some nice routes in the like one-on-one portion, but he also had some really nice reps in the scrimmage portions and then in the game itself. He was probably one of the best players in the Senior Bowl, one of the most productive. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, on screen plays, uh, he had a little wheel route that he ran, and then you know he was finding gaps and then making people miss at the second level. So all that being said, like people aren't trying to tackle you in the senior bowl. They kind of just wrap up and they blow the play dead. So I don't know exactly what it means to be like making people miss. Is he actually making people miss or are they not trying really? Like that's the, the real question here, but he looked really good. And this might be the, the perfect storm to showcase his skills as a player, and like you said, a pass catcher in the NFL, like a small shifty pass catcher that if he can like return kicks too, can stick in the league for a long time. Like that's a real role in the NFL. So he's a guy that I think definitely opened some eyes uh, over this weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's not, th- this is the delicate balance of, you know, the NFL draft versus dynasty fantasy football. You know, you don't expect this player at the end of the day to really factor in from a dynasty perspective. This isn't a player that's like shooting up dynasty boards, but it's a player that I think showed this week that there is a rotational running back role available to him in the NFL. So you never quite know what you're going to get. And especially in a PPR situation, if a team views him as that rotational pass, pass catching back, Worst players have had <laughs> fantasy relevant roles. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, that's true. So 
just it, it pays to, to to know what you're walking into sometimes with these later round running backs. And Bailey is, I think, one of the better ones. I mean, all you need to do is land in the right situation for a running back. Yep, that's it. That's all it is. No matter when you're drafted, no matter if you're drafted, it just, you know, some guys get hurt, and there it is. And that's, he's got talent. Yeah. Running backs, man. What a what – a, uh, 2023, more than ever. As yeah, seriously. What is the value of a running back? I mean, just to, like – frame this big picture is like you look at redraft and like what's going on there and who are the first round running backs it's like christian mccaffrey sure and then you start asking if you're gonna take like kyron williams which is what a world you know yep tell me that two years ago that that was gonna happen and then obviously you know Brees and etn and all that but you know when when you look at the guys at the top of the list, it is n- not what you would have expected. Yeah, James Cook. I mean, like, it's I don't know. It's James a weird Connor. world. So it's a weird, it's a weird world out there. Jalen Warren, for sure. So, Jalen Warren. Hey. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna let you take it away on this next one. This is this is a player that you. I mean, we both like him a lot, but he is your IDP one in this class, and we expected him to look fantastic this week, and I would say that's exactly what Leatu Latu looked like. Yeah, we got Leatu Latu, and I mean, he was just like dominant in these one-on-one drills. I think he had maybe one uh, rep where he got beat, the rest of them, I mean, the motor, the hands, the speed, the get off, like it was all on display here. He, he had one rep against the uh, the Utah tackle oh. where he does like a spin move and it looks like he's kind of dead to rights because the Utah tackle like gets him and then he just gets into a swim move immediately. And that's what's special about Latu. It's all summed up in like one play. It's like, okay, a lot of these DNs, like, you'll do a spin move, you'll get blocked, and then you kind of hold up and, you know, see what goes, what's going on next. But Latu is, like, into his next move. That's that's the counter moves. That's what makes him special. And then he, I mean, like, again and again, he is taking over and just ruining these plays. He had another little swim move where he just completely cooked a right tackle on a play. So... I mean, it seems like his draft stock has actually shot up lately. Like he's, you look at, you know, DJ's mocks and Brugler's mocks and he's getting up into, you know, eight, nine, ten range. And that's where I think he should be. Like he should be the DE1. If you have worries about his health, I get it. Like that, that's the one concern we can go with. But if it's anything to do with his talent, he could be like a top five pick in this draft yeah i mean i think edge rush in the nfl so often is let's take the most athletic large man and turn him into a refined pass rusher and i think you end up seeing that with you know just even just very recent memory like a guy like trevon walker ends up first overall and he doesn't have a he doesn't have a pass rush skill set but he has this unteachable athleticism where a team says if we can turn this person into a pass rusher they could be the best pass rusher in the NFL a guy like Leatu Latu requires none of that i mean there is no polishing up here that is required with a player like Latu is he the most athletic edge rusher in this class no he doesn't need to be though and I think he proves that again last week with his performance going up against some of the better tackles in this draft class a very good tackle group in Mobile last week I think you see why a player like this deserves that sort of high praise despite not having this like outer worldly athletic profile because There is an instinctual component here, Uh, and it shows up on plays like the one that you referenced, where there's split-second decision-making that's happening from a pass rush point of view, where it's like, first move is countered, what are you going to do about it? 
you got to figure that out in a tenth of a second. And Latu has that fluidity and that you know d- quick decision making ability to pull those counter moves off time and time again. It showed up you know throughout his film from this last year, and it showed up last week as well. So I think. I completely agree with you. I think from a technical perspective, from a, you know, who's going to walk in and be a, you know, high end edge rusher as a rookie in the NFL, I think Latu has to be at the top of your list. And I actually, I saw something recently I thought would make you happy. The, the, uh, the ringer, Danny Kelly put out his draft guide as Latu at number six overall in this class. So there is certainly buzz around this name right now. And in some cases in that, at that level that you've been preaching since we talked about him. And also he uh, did an interview at, and he said that him and the Patriots had a good conversation. So maybe he'll just go number three. <laughs> hey, when, uh, when Mayo said, we're going to take someone at a very important position. I mean, Who's the quarterback of the defense exactly. in terms of value? It's, I mean, it's the edge. former linebacker, linebacker coach, hey. defensive guy. Come on. Give me a layout to Latu. It's right in plain sight. We've all been duped. All right. Let's move on. Back on the offensive side of things. This is a player, a tight end. Snuck his name in last week at the 11th hour. And we're going to bring him back right now because Theo Johnson had a really nice week at at the Senior Bowl. Um, I mentioned last week, this is a player that I watched in the summer, actually. There was a little bit of buzz with his size and athleticism. So I checked him out at that point in time. And, And I mean, what you saw coming out of 2022, I mean, when we look at, you know, production numbers at Penn State, 328 yards on 20 catches for four and four touchdowns. So, you know, limited production, which a lot of times is kind of what we get with these tight ends in in college football. But you see that 16.4 yards per catch number that really pops at you. And that's from 2022. A lot lower this year. It was yardage total was about the same 340 one yards on 34 catches for 10 yards per reception. But I think that is all to say that this is a, an untapped large and athletic player. I think this is that sort of tight end where you pick on You know what I would have said before this last week, a day three sort of a project tight end where We know we're not there quite yet, but we know that at 257 and 6'6", you're you're athletic. You can move. You can get downfield. You can be a big play threat at that size. So we're going to see what we can get. And then you get into the week at Mobile, and all of a sudden it starts showing up in a little bit more clearer way even than his film at, at Penn State. where I mean, they had a couple tight ends there that they were using regularly. So the, the role was a little, you know, specific for a guy like Johnson in that offense. I, I was really surprised by what I saw from him in terms of route running this in, in the practices. I mean, in the one-on-ones, like a lot of the tight ends, you know, they, they look fine, whatever. Johnson... 257 pounds and he moves he moves and he gets downfield he can separate you know on the in these one-on-one drills so I think he's definitely a player that helped himself quite a bit and and maybe even a name here to watch starting to sneak into that late day two sort of a territory in the NFL draft as one of the you know top five tight ends maybe off the board yeah I I mean it's hard to be like this size and be as smooth as Theo Johnson is because he looked, I mean, very fluid. And there was, you know, a couple plays where he had some body catches and I was like, all right, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, get those mitts out there. And then he has, 
you know, a nice over route where he goes up and goes over his shoulder and pulls it in after, you know, beating the guy over the top. And then I was like, okay, what do we got here? You know, you start to to think a little bit because if you're going to be this big and, you know, this tall, you got to be able to get like over your head and, you know, use your hands. You can't be a body catcher. So then you can be a red zone threat and you can, you know, get up the seam and be vertical and I mean, this guy looks like he has all that. So uh, he was really impressive at the Senior Bowl. And this is a kind of situation where, you know, these players that don't get a ton of usage, don't get a ton of looks at their college, can show off a skill set that they might not have been able to show off. So he had not a ton of usage, you know, not a ton of volume, and he comes out in the senior bowl and looks really nice and, you know, is beating guys on the break and using his body to shield defenders. And then on top of that can, you know, make a difficult catch over the shoulder. And so I don't know. I, I liked what I saw. One number that stands out from this last year, seven touchdowns for Theo Johnson on only 34 catches. So red zone, he uses his size, contested catches. We got, you know, a career with, all, I mean, nine opportunities in his entire college career, but he brought in six of them. So he's got that level of using the size, using what he's good at in the red zone areas and add a little bit of athleticism on top of that. Maybe an expanded role might be a, might be a fun name to watch over the next few years. They also would throw him screens every once in a while at Penn State. Yeah, his big fellow to get the ball in his hands. Yeah, they they had some interesting plays for him there. So there's there's something to this player. There's, I, there's something there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of screens, hello, it's Malachi Corley, baby. <laughs> because I mean, it was no surprise that this was a name that we were very interested to watch. How would he do this week? Because. The usage at Western Kentucky, it's no surprise anymore. I mean, as I feel like this is becoming sort of like in the summer, it was like, oh, my God, Malachi Corley, like look out for this guy, 900 yards after the catch. And now I think the Yak King starting to get his own little draft circle of, of people that are like, this is my guy. And there's a reason for that because it's he's a very fun, physical player. And that showed up in a big way in mobile the physicality was something that i think he he came in saying i'm gonna i'm gonna show what i got in terms of being a physical player and in some cases maybe uh some opis but it was worth it for the one for the one clip (laughs) (laughs) yeah i the clip that you're talking about just brings me joy it's like the guy is the, the DB is like eight, nine yards off and Corley just like runs at him and just like throws him to like the goal line with one arm and then does a little crosser. It's like, yeah, that's OPI, but it's awesome. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? Uh, so, I mean, the guy is so strong, so physical, and it shows up beyond offensive pass interference. Like he had... Uh, a route, I think, on day one where he kind of stacks a guy vertically and just gives him, like, a little shove. But he creates, like, a lot of separation with just, like, it's not obvious. It's not offensive pass interference obvious, but it's, like, the offensive pass interference that happens on every play kind of thing where you just kind of, you know, hand fight a little bit and you end up giving him a little push. And he gives him the little push and he gets enough separation to make that catch. So day one, he was dominant in all of his one-on-ones. I mean, his releases were crisp, and his route running was even better. I mean, talk about the strength and the physicality. He had another rep where he just, like, kind of, you know, swiped across his face as he went on an in-breaker, and the guy, like, was dead in his tracks. So uh, I was really impressed because – you talk about, you know, the Western Kentucky usage and that there's a little bit of concern there. And then you see him running like real routes and getting off a of press and, you know, running releases and having crisp, you know, breaks at the top of his routes. And it's like, okay, is this just a real wide receiver that's fantastic after the catch? Like, should we be 
actually ranking them even higher than we have them. Am I in Malachi Corley hive? Is that where we are now? You're buzzing, man. You're you're well within the hive. It's, and <laughs> consider me there with you because that was the number one thing. That was the number one thing to watch for at the Senior Bowl with Corley was how does he look in the one-on-ones? Is Are his releases good? Is he getting separation on these routes? And, I mean, I'm not going to say he was, you know, one of the – more dominant route runners there we're going to get to some of those players in a little bit but I think for a player that came in with these sorts of questions based off of usage and the you know the number of screens that he was running at Western Kentucky and then people say well the yak's cool but what else can you give me here I think Corley did a lot to kind of challenge some of those doubts about what he can be at the next level in terms of a route runner and in terms of you know being more of that traditional slot type of player in addition to having this rare sort of skill set with the ball in his hands so thought it was a phenomenal week for Corley all things considered and a player that yeah I'm I'm pretty high on him I'm starting to learn something about myself I used to be all about you know the big gaudy contested catch players and i'm starting to fall a little bit in love with these yak players because it's just so damn fun to watch them go to work with the ball in their hands yeah it worked out really well for you last year (laughs) 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 i'm talking about quentin johnson for those who don't know who you did i mean by the end of the process By by the end of it, you were lower on him than you were. We were at... we we were skeptical. I maintain it's not all Quentin's fault. I still have hope. I agree. I mean, I think they were kind of using him. They were like, "Hey, can you be Mike Williams for us?" And he's like, "No, I I can't." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we That's... all got to see that. Right. So, uh, I just wanted to put out there: Malachi Corley this season had a five point five A dot at Western Kentucky, which is very small number. You want to know what's even more impressive about that, though? I watched he had the... two games with negative one. That's what's impressive. <laughs> okay, that is impressive, actually. But um, he did an interview on the field at the Senior Bowl, and he knew that number off the top of his head. He knew that he had a 5.5 A dot. And the way that he brought it up was like, I'm going to show teams that I'm more than my 5.5 a dot. Like I can do more than that. So, and a, a big word that he liked to go to physicality. He prides himself on his strength and his physicality. And I think that went into some of what we saw this week was him wanting to prove, you know, I'm that guy. And I'm going to bully people on the field with or yep. without the ball in my hands. And just want to put out there also in two games where he got a seven or higher a dot, he had 207 yards and 171 yards in those two games. And there's a little bit of chicken and egg with that, but at the same time, I mean, come on. We'll use it to push the narrative. That's right. All right, let's move on to another IDP and one that we have not talked about at all. It's Darius Robinson, the edge rusher from Missouri. This was, if you watched through the week, no surprise that this is one of the top risers because he had a very dominant showing in Mobile. And and as a player like, you know, we were talking about a player like Chris Braswell, who's kind of on this fringe, like first, second round sort of a grade, you know, like his film, expect him to look very physically dominant and imposing in this environment. And it ends up being a guy like Robinson, who I think has been a little bit lower down the rankings in terms of edge players in this class, but man, he, he was phenomenal. And the thing that really jumps out to me is the size because he came in measuring at five, six, five and 286 pounds he played inside and outside on the d-line at mizzou man 
286 pounds and what he looks like flying off the edge, it was kind of shocking to see it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is a dude, man. This is a real dude. Yeah, I don't remember. Somebody gave an interview recently, and they're like, I hate it when people say give 110%. Like, I can only give 100%. <laughs> I don't know. Darius Robinson. <laughs> hell, this is like... He was going as hard as he possibly could every single time he was out on the field. Like, he had a rep, and he, like, took the old lineman in an entire circle. The The play gets blown dead, and he's still, like, pushing to get into the pocket. And it's like, all right, Jesus, man, relax. But, I mean, this type of motor is what you're asking for. This is exactly the type of guy that is going to be disruptive. I mean, he's he's pushing guys back constantly. The power that he has is unbelievable. Like, 6'5", 280-something, and he is shredded. Like, this guy, I don't know if he has, like, any fat on him. Like, and he uses all of that strength when he's playing both inside and out. Like, going up against guards and just pushing them back into the pocket, but also having a little bit of quickness and nice handwork where he can, you know, make the guards or the tackles lean forward because they're like, oh, God, this giant human is coming to, like, murder my quarterback. And then he just, you know, give me a little swim and get over the top of them while they're, they're pushing all their weight forward to kind of catch this, you know, incredible, like, specimen athlete. So... Here we are, man. I, I didn't know this name before the Senior Bowl, and he put his name on the map. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to go in and watch his film. It was it was a, a real breakout year for him. This was year five, and he jumped up 19 pressures in 2022, all the way up 42 pressures this year uh, to go along with nine sacks for Robinson this year. So it was a real breakout year, a, a, a really good year that, you know, Mizzou team we've talked about a little bit. That was a good team this year. And, uh, yeah, he, he looked great. I mean, going up against first-round caliber tackles, like he's a rep against Tyler Guyton where he goes to the, uh, I believe it was a push-pull and just, I mean, he had several moves working for him throughout the week. So to see that, you know, level of pass rush and, and – sort of getting into a deep bag in terms of his moves and having versatility. I mean, man, he's going to, he's going to be a high pick. I think like maybe even first round pick at this point, but I also like that, you know, there's the coach that's like standing back there in the drills that's emulating where the quarterback would stand. And he's like going like full wrap up on the coach <laughs> when like most of the DNs are like, you know, two hand touch him, And he's like going a full wrap. It's like, hell yeah, man. This guy is a maniac. Respect. Yep. All right. We have three names left. Guess what position they all are. <laughs> if if you've been paying attention all year, you, you can answer that question pretty easy. The wide receivers don't stop coming. And number three here is a name that we've been talking about more recently. Lad McConkey who was the first overall selection in our senior bowl watch list draft last week, because as you called him, he is the senior bowl player. He is the sort of player that is set up for major success in this environment because of his ability as a route runner, these one-on-ones. I mean, it was so clear from day one at practice that McConkie was just playing a different game than a lot of the other players here. I mean, just dominate. And and it looked like he was kind of enjoying it. Like, I think he was like, he knew what he could do here and he knew the stakes. Like he was trying some kind of wicked release moves and just really playing the game in those one-on-ones. And I mean, just search him up, man. You can find plenty of clips of lad pulling away from corners in those drills. It's no surprise that he did that. But I think, you know, he did what he was supposed to do is the point. Like, you could watch his film, you know, this is going to be a good week for Ladd, and it sure was. When 
guys are in trail technique against Lad. <laughs> it's just like impossible. The what he was doing to these players, like these DBs, that like get behind him because he beats him on the release, and then he's just like, boom, <laughs> see <Yep>. you later. <laughs> I'm gone. And uh, it was like day one, you know, first reps of the practice. Already, you got Lad McConkey clips in the timeline. It was an impressive one. It was like a little out route, uh, and he had a diving catch. It's here, you know, that that's that's what we're doing. And he had like catches in the actual Senior Bowl game where he, uh, Kalen King was guarding him, and he just you know made him look like, I, I mean, not a good player. Let's just say that. And Caleb King, good player. So, uh, time after time, these this this is the type of player that is set to succeed in the Senior Bowl. And I think Lad McConkey's a very good player. I mean, he's a great separator, and he's really good after the catch. And those two things, I mean, you put them together, and you get like some really good players in the NFL. And he says he models his game after Cooper Cup and like all that stuff. Uh, I also think, like, hey, we might have missed Puka last year, right? We we were, you know, he was really good in the Senior Bowl. And we're like, well, you know, it's the Senior Bowl. We don't know. And I think maybe things are going the other way a little bit. And people are putting, like, a lot of stock into the Senior, into the senior Bowl. Uh, it, you know, I'm seeing like lad top four in the wide receiver conversations, uh, from certain aggregate accounts. And it's like, Hey, I don't know if we're there yet, but you know, I think that this is a little bit of a, you know, making up for potentially missing on players who dominated the senior bowl last year. Uh, we got to remember that lad was supposed to look this good in the senior bowl and then he did and so that's what we needed to see and i think he did raise his draft stock like actually i think he's gonna be you know a day two player because of this and so i don't know we'll see i mean i told you last week um i mean my film grade on mcconkey right now is uh mid second mid to high second so I, he did nothing this week to suggest that he's any worse than that. So, I mean, I fully expect a lot of these players. Uh, and, you know, this is this is one of those weird cases where we're coming off of this wide receiver group that's sort of like deep but not super like top-end talented into a, a, into a class like this where you're going to have so many – round two wide receivers I feel like this year to go along with like maybe five six in the first I mean well and there's a conversation to be had at some point down the line like where it where does the line stop here because not every single one of these wide receivers with a you know round two grade can go in round two but I think McConkey is one of those players I think <laughs> I think he's near the top of that group and I think what you saw last week is a great indication of why, despite, you know, being a little undersized and not having elite college production. I think you see what he does so effectively. And it's, you know, the number one thing a wide receiver needs to do, get open, get wide open. And <laughs> so McConkey open. does that very easily. So can say the same thing about our next player colin but this one i did not really see coming we were we were prepared for lad i was not prepared for how good ricky pierzel looked because we gave ricky a badge this year you remember that i do it wasn't a real badge it was an honor it was the first and only honorary badge in camp dynasty's history for his unbelievable catch this year in which he went up with full extension one hand like like reverse hand like wasn't even like a odell thing it was like he backhanded it got smashed by two players and still hung on to the ball i mean one of the best catches you'll ever see anywhere 
and that's kind of just what he was for the remainder of the year to us. I mean, that's what I thought about him. I was like, Ricky, the big catch guy. Well, as it turns out, I have to tweet the Shaq meme because Ricky, I was not familiar with your game. Uh, he looked dominant this week. I mean, there are reps of him and in, in a similar fashion to Lad McConkie, but Ricky's got a little bit more size, just a little bit more than Lad. He ran some absolutely killer routes and I tried to find some tape on him. It's hard to find right now. There's no all 22 on him. The YouTube stock is very limited. So I don't know a ton about the player yet, but based on this performance this week and what I saw, I think this is another really, really talented wide receiver. Man, Kalen King. Sorry, we're here again. Uh, he ran a post corner against him in the one-on-ones, and it was just, I mean, good gravy. So maybe like, Kalen King is <laughs> not as yeah, good as this. The, the three times I've talked about him on here was once when Marvin Harrison, like, fried him in their in the Ohio State-Penn State game, and then this is my second time today. So Or my third time second being uh lad cooking them in the actual senior bowl so uh sorry kaylin that uh this is where we are but i mean pierce all like you said he was just like the guy that had the catch <laughs> and that's about it and then you know he comes out here and it's like oh my gosh like this is some he's got some really nice releases and he got underthrown on a play where he you know, I don't. I think it might have been King again that was covering him, uh, but he beat him just right off the release. The guy misses, like whiffed his press, and then he's got like five yards on him. The quarterback underthrows him. He jumps back into the DV, survives contact, makes a nice touchdown catch. I mean, you're talking about a guy that you know can run some good routes, has some good size, can survive contact, and has nice hands. It's like all right, we're building a good wide receiver here. Like, what else do you need? So uh, might just have, like, a collection of guys that is one of the deeper wide receiver class in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 absolutely insane. Like, I'm – right now I have film grades for 17 wide receivers. And, I mean, there are names here. Like, Ricky Pierzel is one of them. There's more senior bowl guys that I need to get to here that looked pretty good this week. Like there's a good chance that there's like 25 receivers here that are like within the realm of possibility for like a dynasty draft where you got to be like really thinking about, you know, where do they sit? And obviously that'll be affected by the NFL draft, but I mean, it looks very crazy, like even crazier than we thought it would. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> during the year. So new names continue to emerge. Ricky Pearsall is definitely one of them. And so is Colin, the number one player that we identified as raising his stock the most this week. And we are not by any means original in this thought. Because if you search anything related to the Senior Bowl, the chances are that you will come across the name Roman Wilson. And if you watched the practices, you're already familiar with Roman Wilson because it seemed like that Tuesday practice when everybody had eyes on and everybody was so excited to see how are these wide receivers going to perform. It was Roman Wilson who stole the show and he had another great day on Wednesday and then decided, you know, I've done enough. I'm out. Good choice, Roman. And what a great two days of, of practice for him. Yeah. He looked fantastic. Like we, we mentioned him in, in passing, you know, towards the, the end of the episode last week. And it's like, you know, who got him in? I think it was the very last yeah, name. I, I just was said. like, you know, Hey, Roman Wilson, you know, interesting player. And that was it. Like that's the the amount of unexpectedness. And I think, like, man, he was dominant in these practices. Like every single rep was like, oh my god, Roman Wilson he, again. He did it again. And like he did it in the scrimmages. He did it in the one on ones. Like he was just 
all over the place running crisp, crisp, clean routes. Like he had probably the highlight of the, the senior bowl one-on-ones where he, uh, I just cooked a guy on a little out route. Like the guy stumbled and then he broke out and then the throw was behind him. So he reached back with one hand and kind of plucked it out of the air. Like he just was making a ton of highlights. And then in the scrimmages, he destroyed a corner, beat him deep. You know, uh, I think the, the safety kind of, you know, had a little bit of poor eye discipline on that one and came up and Wilson got behind him and ended up scoring a touchdown there too. So uh, all day he was, uh, not all day, all weekend he was unbelievable. So, uh, I mean, Roman Wilson, I was not familiar with your game. I mean, same. I Obviously, you know, when we were going through the season – looking at you know badge opportunities every week this was a name that came up a few times specifically in the beginning of the year because he started the year with a three touchdown game against east carolina followed that up with a two touchdown performance the next week against unlv he finished the year with 12 touchdowns and for a player that you know comes in here official measurements were uh, five ten and a half, one eighty six. So it's a smaller player. He's playing from the slot in a lot of cases at Michigan. Twelve touchdowns. I mean, they just look to him in those red zone opportunities more often than not, and he was the most reliable pass catcher that they had. And I think that's something that you know, where does this player come from? Well, we know that the Michigan offense is so run heavy. And that, you know, that's, that's the big thing with JJ McCarthy was opportunity. They're not throwing a lot. They're not putting the game in his hands. And in that way, they're not, you know, putting it in the wide receivers hands either. And a player like Roman Wilson this year leads, you know, his, his best total in college, 789 receiving yards in this very run heavy limited pass offense. So, I mean, all things considered, it was a very productive year for Wilson here in his fourth year. And I watched some film on him after the Senior Bowl just to see. And and I don't – this is where the conversation comes in between, like, what did you see on film? What did you see at the Senior Bowl? How do we meet in the middle somewhere? How do we contextualize all of that? Because I feel like – when a player like this has this much momentum coming out of the senior bowl, it's sort of like, Oh my God, where's he going to go? Like, is he going to be a high second round pick now? And I mean, maybe he will, I don't know, but my film grade on him was closer to like a third round sort of a pick. I mean, again, it's a good player. It's a player that's slotting in alongside, you know, players in this class that I like a lot, like Malachi Corley and things like that, like late second, early round three sorts of players. So, you don't want to overreact, but you also want to put stock in this performance, especially with a player that's coming from this offense where he's not getting necessarily an opportunity to show what he is fully capable of. And I think we saw a little bit more even from him just in the in the couple days that he was practicing. Also, J.J. McCarthy got a, tried to get him killed like multiple times this season, and he is a beast over the middle holding on to those hospital balls like – that he can create separation he's fluid and he's tough man like he's got film of him like pancaking guys and throwing them down and then like diving on top of them like that's that's an old lineman move i, I love that <laughs> like you got to get nasty sometimes when you're run blocking and roman wilson will do that so uh he'll be on a field the question is how much volume is he gonna get it's not like is he gonna be good at football yep exactly and that is a great segue into what is to come for us here because somehow the Senior Bowl has come and gone. I mean, this is all we're talking it's about. It's February. It, it, yeah. It's, Super Bowl's coming. The Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. Uh, who you got, by the way? Oh, man. Um, I want Kansas City to win. Okay. 
I as a as a Packer fan, I just there's no bone in my body that can root for the for the 49ers. I get it. I'm trying to take myself out of it and put my objective goggles on, but I I think I I think I want Kyle Shanahan to get a ring. I, I think I want him to get a ring. I think he deserves I, it. The NFL, that, the, the flat brim cap yeah. at the on the podium. I don't have to like him. I just you and know the, the lore Brock of the winning Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> the lore of the NFL is better if Kyle Shanahan becomes a, a an actually dominant postseason coach. Like you don't want like Mahomes threatening the throne. I he's got plenty of time to do that. That's what they said about Rodgers. <laughs> Here he has an actual opportunity to get number three. Is it possible that I'm just I I've reached the point where I'm sick of the Chiefs? Is that like I try yeah, not to be that yeah. way, but like I feel like I I'm think there. you're there. I think you're there, which is fine. I get it, but like Rishi Rice, man. Oh man, that Mahomes after that Bills game still rubs me the wrong way. Like yeah, that's fair. Take it on the chin, Pat. <laughs> Whatever. Go Niners. Oh God. <laughs> so we got that coming up this weekend, Super Bowl, and then you know after that, man, it's it's a green light straight to the draft because we'll have the combine coming up here in just a few weeks. But next week, Colin, what are we doing here at Camp Dynasty? We're bringing back one of my favorite episodes from season one, and that's because love will be in the air next week. With Valentine's Day approaching, we're going to be playing matchmaker once again. And this is the point in time where we start to really think about this class in terms of what comes next, and that is NFL landing spots. So we're going to be matching up our top campers, our top prospects in this in this draft class with NFL spots and see if we can find some love connections and some perfect matches. Yeah, this uh, stretch that's coming up is, I think, my favorite stretch of the year, where we get to you know get in the landing spots, and you know, we'll we'll take a little step away from the twenty twenty four class at some point here too. And I mean, Superflex is coming up too. That's right. We're gonna give the people what they want. We got a Superflex episode planned in the near future as well. So. It's an exciting time over the next two months here building towards the NFL draft. This is what it's all about. And we, you said it at the top. What's the hashtag? The draft starts in Mobile. That means it's all systems go, baby. So welcome to draft season. If you enjoyed our recap of the Senior Bowl or you have thoughts of your own, which everybody does right now, that's the beautiful part about draft season is that we are all here together now. Everybody has takes, opinions, and wants to learn more about these players. So if you have thoughts on what you saw in Mobile, players that we omitted maybe, uh, get in touch with us on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, at Camp underscore Dynasty, or TikTok at Camp.Dynasty. And also commenting on our YouTube channel is a great way to get in touch with us as well. That's how people say, you know, you hear – Let's do Superflex rankings one too many times until all of a sudden, here we go, <laughs> we're doing Superflex rankings. So uh, we, we check them, and if there's things you want to hear, want to see you know, here at Camp Dynasty, we're, we're always willing to listen to that as well. So hit us up there. And if you enjoyed the episode this week, be sure to rate, review, like, subscribe, follow, share, and all of those things to the pod feed. We very much appreciate that. Hey, uh, six subscribers away from 100 on YouTube. Or it's pretty nice. Cheers you know, to that. If there's six of you out there that you know feel like clicking a button, wouldn't hate that. <laughs> Just one click, man. How hard yeah. is it? All right. Welcome to draft season, baby. Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. We'll see you next week.